0: I want my children to be online safely, and I also want to have a strong connected relationship with them while I facilitate for that online safety to happen. Meaning I don't want to have rules and guidelines and monitoring for online safety that result in my children disconnecting from me and hiding things from me or being afraid to tell me something that happened online because of the environment that I created while trying to keep them safe online. And that's the topic of today's episode. Except that I have a special guest who is amazing. Listen, you're going to want to take notes on all the things she's going to be sharing with you. So grab a pen and a paper, because what she does is exactly this. She helps parents to build strong connections with their children while they're keeping their children safe online. So let's have that talk today. So thank you for listening. You're listening to the Parenting Alchemy podcast, and my name is Giselle Bome. And here at the Parenting Alchemy, I help parents like you to raise good human beings with confidence and with ease using connection-based parenting techniques, but also inner child self-healing techniques, which is what's missing in a lot of the parenting education that we receive today. Okay, so you got your pen and your paper ready? Let's begin. Let's begin.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here, Giselle. My name is Farina Shahid. I help parents and caretakers protect their kids online. My work has been featured in Forbes. I'm actually in Forbes, 30 Under 30 Honoree, and Cisco, NASA, Fox 25, Fox 46, Yahoo, WFMJ, and many, many more. And my main passion, my main focus is helping parents holistically protect their kids online. That means giving the kids the freedom that they want, and the safety and security that they need. So thank you so much for having me.
0: I love, I love that you take a holistic approach. And by the way, impressive being thank you. in Forbes. Nice. Thank you so much.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah, I was also surprised. It's all about the community. Honestly, the community is the one that put me forward because they loved my mission so much. So they made sure that Forbes knew who I was.
0: Oh, I love that. I mean, I knew when I heard you talking on Clubhouse, I'm like, this is the person that I need to talk about safety and online for children. Like you just have, you do have a whole person approach to it.
1: Yes. Yes. That's my main goal. So anytime someone says that it
0: warms my heart, lights up the room, all of it. (laughs) Yeah. So, okay. So let's jump in. Um, Let's talk about the, the, they call toddlers anymore, the preschoolers. Let's call them preschoolers. So this would be like the age of three to five to about five years old. And um obviously a lot of the parents are using media because the kids want to use the media, but then there's a little bit of hesitation or guilt around it because they're not sure exactly how how much is too much. Um, they're not sure if um, they should be, you know, even watching YouTube or they should be what shows might be good. Like they want to make sure that they're creating a healthy foundation, but they're not always sure how. So like what advice would you have for the parents of, of the younger kids, like the kids that haven't even entered actual, you know, even kindergarten yet?
1: Well, it's, it's going to be crazy to say this first. Well, I'm going to say one thing, then I'll say the next crazy thing. So the first thing is it's never too late to talk about technology and safety with kids. Now, when they're really, really young, they're not going to understand certain things you're going to try to tell them. So not talking to strangers online, that may be difficult for them to grasp when they're three years old, but you can make sure that you have those controls off. So if they're playing a game or they're on YouTube or they're on a certain site, you want to make sure that site doesn't have. Those options for them to click through and accidentally click something, or accidentally talk to someone, like typing little things or whatever it is on the computer. So that's just parental controls is most important at that age. And then a lot of parents will tell me, oh, especially between the ages of like six and seven, that their kids want to be on Instagram or they want to be on YouTube or they want to be a YouTuber, and they're really really young. So we really don't think about six and seven being an age of their gaming and their social media, but they definitely are. So that. Since that age is an age where they should not be on social media gaming is a completely different topic we can talk we can delve that a little bit deeper later there are games that are appropriate for three to six or seven year old i believe that's what you said right Hmm. yeah there are games definitely that are appropriate for that age you just really want to make sure you have the principal controls there. You want to make sure that there are just certain things that are not available to them because they might accidentally press something. They might accidentally record something between you and your family that should not be their life. <laughs> and <laughs> so you just don't, you just don't know what those things have. You just, just make sure that doesn't happen period. And then with social media, they definitely should not be on social media at that age we, all of us most likely know that the minimum age for social media is 13 years old and they're going to have to wait into that age if you're trying to be a little bit lower legal about it. So that's definitely something I would say. I would focus heavily on making sure that they understand that technology isn't, isn't the main thing. It's just something that's an addition to their life and then putting some parental controls on there.
0: Okay. I love that. Okay. So parental controls off social media And then the age appropriate games for them. Yes. Okay. Now we get into the school age kids who are in elementary school. And this is often when I hear comments like they're addicted to it. You know, they want it all the time or becomes a fight and, uh, the rules that the parents sometimes will make becomes an issue or they're constantly asking about it. And so it just feels like,, ah, I don't know what to do. Um, what advice would you have for the elementary school kids and, and for their for their parents?
1: This is when the communication becomes the baseline. So when they're younger, I, I, you go communication, excuse me, you, do, you go control over communication. So when they're between the ages of three to seven, is control over communication. What I mean by that is that you focus a lot on the technology, doing a lot of the online safety work for you, and then the communication as you go along. Not to say that you don't communicate mm-hmm. with them, it's just that it's you can't, re- can't reason with a three-year-old. So you're just going to have to turn it mm-hmm. off. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. But once
1: they get into an elementary school, now the rules shift and it's communication over control. Because mm-hmm. when you start trying to control things and they can understand what's mm-hmm. happening, then it's harder for you to develop a connection with them. It serves your relationship. They don't understand what's going on. You don't understand what's going on. You get really confused because, you know, there's millions of things happening. You might have multiple kids or you only have one kid and you're so busy with a business, with a relationship, with yourself, with just life in general. It's very difficult for you to monitor every single thing that happens, know exactly what's going on. So it's communication over control. So if you're Mm. really having a problem with you, they want let's say four hours on TikTok and you're, you're thinking, no, 15 minutes or 30 minutes max, why do you need to be on TikTok for four hours? So have a discussion with them and you can mm-hmm. list out the pros and cons of TikTok. What are you worried about? What are they worried about? What do you like about TikTok? What do they like about TikTok? And be really extremely honest. And then ask them, what do you think is a good amount of time to spend on TikTok? Not what you okay. want Mm -hmm. (laughs) because they might want 24 hours (laughs) but what do you think is a good time for TikTok just to see where their brain is at and you can say okay why is that okay well I think this is a good time for TikTok so they might say Three hours and you might say 30 minutes. So you might go to, okay, we're going to do one hour day on TikTok and see how that works. And then you can check in. Is that enough? Is that feeling a little bit constrictive? Why do you feel like it's constrictive? But you want to make sure that it's a conversation. And it sounds like you're not being the parent, but you actually are because you're guiding them mm-hmm. because you're getting to a point where you're not their friend and you're not their, um, what's a nice word to say it, but someone who's just like holding them by the neck and controlling Mm -hmm. every single thing you're showing them that
0: dictator.
1: Right. Yeah. Dictator. Exactly. That's a nice word. Yes. Not a nice (laughs) word, but that's a good word to explain it. And so you're there being like, I am the guide. I'm the parent. I'm Mm -hmm. the one who makes the decision. And you get to be a part of the process because what we want to understand is that we're raising them to become holistic, and un- overall adults that can function in this digital age by themselves mm. because we want them as a grown-up to think, oh my God, I've been scrolling at Instagram for hours. Mm-hmm. How much time on Instagram should I be spending? Maybe it's only an hour. So maybe let me set a time limit for myself mentally or within the settings app to make sure that I'm doing my work, whether that's college work, or maybe I need to apply for a job, or maybe I need to get my rent is due. I need to make some money in my business. So you're preparing them for that mindset when Mm. they get older, because when we're going control over communication, when they're adults, they don't know how to function without you. We want them to Mm -hmm. function by will want to function without us. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we're preparing them at a young age to think about things critically. They're not thinking of, I can't be on TikTok for four hours because mom doesn't want me to. They have to yeah. think about, I can't be on TikTok for hours because it's not good for my mental health, because that's affecting my grades, because that's affecting my attitude, because I'm starting to act like some celebrity's kid over there because they got everything going for them, but I didn't finish my chores. So just giving them that mental understanding of why and then telling them why. I don't want you to be on TikTok for four hours because you didn't clean your room yet. The dishes aren't done. You didn't come downstairs for, you know, for dinner when I told you to, we took 20 more minutes than I wanted you to. So set those expectations. And if they decide that I'm going to have an attitude today, or I'm not going to do what you told me to do, then you can revisit how much time you're lo- allowing them to be on the phone. That allows it to be a, I am the parent, I'm the guide. And you have room to tell your opinions, even though, I mean, I am I can veto it ultimately, but you're, we're talking.
0: Mm. This is such a uh, positive approach to it. it is so aligned (laughs) to the kind of parenting that that I teach. So I'm just so impressed. I really want to ask, and I don't want to get like so off topic, but my mind is just so curious. Were you raised with positive parenting, like with this kind of approach? I don't
1: know if you would consider it positive parenting, but yes, I was. I actually didn't go into the online world until I was 13 years old. So I did play one-off online games on my mother's computer, but I grew up reading thousands of books. I, <laughs> screen time wasn't even, I don't know if people even thought about, I don't, maybe they did think about screen time, but that wasn't a, a phrase like it was just
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: it was it, and I obviously was not on technology. Facebook was like the biggest thing when I was younger, and so that was when I was like in high school. That was the thing that all the high school students were on Facebook, and I wasn't allowed on Facebook. But there was a lot of positive parenting. Yes, there was a lot of conscious parenting, but I don't mm-hmm. know if that's what she would say. It was more of my mother, in particular, which is why is actually the foundation of what I do. Caring more about my heart and soul and my mental. Stuff. She mm-hmm. wasn't worried about control. She wasn't worried about exactly what I was doing. She was mm-hmm. worried about what is affecting my daughter's soul, what is mm-hmm. affecting her mental well being. How can I make sure that she is holistically, internally, and externally protected from anything? There wasn't mm-hmm. really, there was obviously a talk of no talk to strangers, even though I did it. I talked to a lot mm-hmm. of strangers at 13. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> that's that, that's why I could get. And for anyone who doesn't know me, I'm an avid gamer. I've been gaming since I was 13. And mm-hmm. I talked to a bunch of guys who are older than me, a bunch of women that are older than me. I talked to guys that are younger than me. I did all, I did, so I made a lot of mistakes. And that's why I'm able to talk about things. <laughs> I wasn't, you know, people saw me as like a really, really perfect child. And I was very, very good. It's just, I had my mind of my own. So they said, don't mm-hmm. talk to strangers. And I was like, that makes no sense. I'm talking to strangers. Mm-hmm. And so- And that's where all my crazy experience happened because of those, because of I decide I'm not doing that. And Mm. so, but I had a foundation of protecting myself. So even though I was doing whatever I wanted to do, having whatever chat I wanted to have, I knew in the back of my head, they don't, they can't know my location. They can't know my name. They can't know my information. They shouldn't know where I go to school. So those things were always in the back of my head, even though I was doing what I was not supposed to be doing and they mm-hmm. i mean they were losing it but we we worked through <laughs> we worked through
0: <laughs> <laughs> well i mean you were applying the critical thinking that that your mother had instilled in you i that's what i was
1: telling <laughs> her i was like look we're fine <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh I just I love this approach to it okay so it's a, com- it's a it's a conversation is getting the feedback from the child and also attaching it to hey we do life first we do the things that we need to do in our lives and then this is almost like a is a privilege it's a it's a perk that we get to do um, but life still has to happen and kind of like navigating how you fit those in
1: exactly exactly okay.
0: okay so then when it comes to the preteens so now they're they're um you know they may they may already have like a tiktok account or they they maybe they weren't supposed to get on social media before 13 but they actually have it you know like let's talk about when they have a lot more control and privacy i really want to get into the privacy part how do you navigate that because I know that there are apps that you can see whatever your child is seeing um how do you how do you have an eye on something without without making them feel badly over their lack of privacy like keeping some autonomy to that while still knowing a little bit more about what's going on
1: so yeah this is a tricky subject Of course. And I, I am very, very careful when I'm talking about it. But when you look at my social media, I, I, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm open about how I feel. So there are two approaches. And I'm one thing I always say is that I don't do any parent shaming, not in my content. And I work very, very, very hard to make sure that anything I say is not shaming any parent and how they're raising their kid. That's number one. Number two, I'm not a parenting expert, period. Even though I'm an online safety expert, even though a lot of my credentials, I mean, they're like top notch. I am not a parenting expert whatsoever, nor am I a counselor, nor am I a therapist. And so anytime someone asks questions, and I'm not saying you're saying that, I'm just saying in this general space of it, I say, oh, talk to a counselor, talk to a therapist. My general foundational um, thought process and rule when it comes to parental monitoring, as you saw, I always mentioned parental control, but I never mentioned monitoring because I view them completely different. So parental Mm -hmm. controls, I view them as turning off chat, turning off voices excuse me, voice chat, not voices, but voice chat inside of a game or something like that. Mm -hmm. Turning off commenting on social media, maybe it's really toxic comment, making sure that only if you have a private profile, uh, only certain people can message your kids. That is principal control. That means you're controlling the environment so much so that you understand that your kid cannot handle certain things or it's just not good for them right now. So you're turning that off until they reach a certain age where they're just going to have to figure out how to navigate that. And parental monitoring is when you're monitoring their every move online, you're reading text messages, you're seeing their social media, you're getting to privacy privacy issues, not only morally speaking, but also technologically technologically speaking, right? So Mm -hmm. we're not just thinking about, oh, usually the analogy people use when we're talking about parental monitoring is you're reading your kid's diary.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: while that's a good analogy, we also have to remember that This is technology that we're using to monitor kids. So that means not only are you reading your kid's diary, but a stranger could be reading your kid's diary. And this has happened before that predators and hackers have targeted. This is not something that happens every single day in terms of someone gets hacked. Well, they get hacked every day, but in terms of leaking the information, they have targeted parental monitoring programs and leaked information, pictures, photos, location, messages, Mm. All of that of kids online publicly available for any predator to research and get information from. And so when you're using these monitoring programs, not only are you reading your kid's diary, but some crazy predator on the internet can be reading your kid's diary as well. So you Mm -hmm. want to be extremely mindful of the software that you're using to monitor your kids if you decide as a family you need to monitor. A lot of people will say, well, every parent should monitor their kids. I don't believe that. I don't believe mm-hmm. that every parent should monitor their kids. I believe that's a family decision. I actually believe that monitoring is something that you add on if you really believe that it needs to be there. I don't mm-hmm. believe in monitoring being the foundation of online safety because then that breeds a lot of different problems because my entire brand and thought process is holistic. So now I'm not really just focusing on the safety of the kids, but I'm thinking about the safety of the parents. I'm talking about mentally speaking. I'm talking about how it how it affects you mentally as a parent. So if you're always looking for something, you are going to find it. You're always mm-hmm. going to be in a mentality of oh my god, something's happening. Oh, I need to know what's exactly what's going on. But if you operate from a mentality of I'm going to know when it comes up. I'm going to get an alert. Something they're going to start acting weird. They're going to be hiding their phone in their bedroom. They're not going to cut whatever whatever little signs you know is a little bit off and is different for your kid. You'll know it and you can step in and go ah show me the phone. Give me the phone. That's mm-hmm. when you can step in. But when you operate immediately from a price of I'm monitoring every single communication, that can completely sever the trust between the child and the parent. There are exceptions, though. So there, the huge exception to parental monitoring as a baseline is communication and trust and constant communication and constant trust in them understanding why you're doing it. So number one is it should never, ever, no matter what, unless it's an extenuating circumstance, be something that they don't know about. It should Mm -hmm. never be hidden on their phone. They should never not know about it. It should never be a sneaky little thing ever. Unless you've, you've, you've talked to a counselor or a therapist or some trusted other person who understands your situation. And you're in some extenuating circumstance that is completely like no one, very little people go through that, or it's a really life and death situation where you have to track them. You cannot know it for whatever reason. And that's not my that's not my expertise. I don't know. I say, go ahead. Just make sure that you have a really good software that's reliable, that's secure, that's known for its its uh, reliability and safety and security, not some one-off because you people will find some one-off program that's free. You're only $29, not $29, like $2.99 a month. And it's just, it's not good. It's absolutely not mm-hmm. good. So as long as you're taking those precautions and you're talking to the right people, go ahead. I know this is a long-winded answer, but it is very complex and it, very, it really depends, but no matter what, it should not be discreet. It should be talked about and you should tell them why you're doing it and telling mm-hmm. them that you actually trust them. And I really, really believe in you. It's just, I don't trust the other people. I trust you. And so what I'm doing is I wouldn't let you uh, go to like a school trip without a teacher or a parent or someone there who can, who can monitor and make sure the kids are Okay. I'm doing the same thing with the digital streets. You can explain to them what happens and explain to them that I'm not going to be mad at you if something happens. Because one of the biggest mistakes parents make, which is understandable, and this is not shaming, this is completely, I get it, is when they find something, they get upset with the kid and then they take away the kid. And the kid Mm -hmm. feels, not take away the kid, they take away the technology (laughs) or the app. (laughs) You know, don't take away the Yeah, I am not advocating for that. (laughs) But you take away- (laughs) you can drop them off all right (laughs) drop them off at your mom's house or something but like in terms of like taking away the technology or the app Mm -hmm. when you do that they feel like they made a mistake Mm -hmm. so be Mm -hmm. extremely careful on how you act and your reactions and your steps after that when someone says when your kid says that there was a man talking to me online or i was talking to a man online or we exchange information or whatever that is it is so difficult not to be upset it is so difficult not to go through but just it's that it's so so important not to react in a way that makes them feel like they are the problem. Because what happens is then they shut down and then anything that happens after, whether it's the school, whether it is sexual assault that's happening in person, whether that sexual assault is happening online, because people don't realize sexual assault could happen online as well to children and adults. But right now we're talking about children. They're not going to come to you because they feel like, I did something. Something's going to be taken away from me. I can't yes. trust the reaction. And we all know Maya Angelou's story, where she was mute for years because she felt like she was the issue when her with mm. her own sexual assault case. So it is so so important for us to have that baseline. I'm going to stop talking now so you can say something. Mm. But it's I it's just, just very I love nuanced.
0: it. I love it. I could. I can I can I do. Where's the clap? Is there like a real clap? <laughs> yes. <laughs> love it. I I am so in line with that. And it, and it's you know I think hearing this is what you do. This is this is your expertise. This is what you live and breathe inside out. And um and I think for for me, for other parents hearing this, it gives you permission to not feel this pressure of I am supposed to monitor. I love how you broke down monitoring and controlling. I literally, I took notes um, and I love the concept of when you are doing parental control, you're controlling the environment. When you're doing monitoring, you're reading the, their diary. And, and just to be aware of those two and how, to especially when it comes to monitoring, if there is a case with that, and and there is a need for that, and working with a spe- another specialist, I love that you added, you know, work with a, a therapist or um or a counselor, um that that is just not so. You know what? I'm going to put this monitor on my on my kids for every kid. Um, that there's just so much more to take into consideration. So that was, to me, that feels like. Ah. You know, like like a side, like all right, okay, I I can I can do this. I can do the parental control without feeling the pressure because I think as a parent, you do feel the pressure. You feel like the odd man out if you're not doing parent- uh, parental monitoring. Yes, um,
1: yes, and I always um, I tell people because people know I have an avid gamer background. The first thirteen something years of my life was we didn't have any TV in our house. No TV, no movies. Then the, I didn't even watch Disney princesses, nothing. Everyone knows mm. that, that every household is like, oh, we can't wear, you can't watch Harry Potter or what's it? Twilight or things like that. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe there's just certain shows that people couldn't watch. No, I couldn't watch Disney princesses. <laughs> 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 okay. So mm-hmm. I come from a background that had a certain mentality. And the reason why was because for anyone who doesn't know, I'm a black Muslim woman. Mm-hmm. And my mother was like, oh, hell no, that representation does not work for me. Mm-hmm. You don't have representation. I don't want you growing up that the only pretty, pretty girls are blonde hair, blue eyed girls, Just mm-hmm. not happening. I don't want you to grow up thinking that you have to be saved by some man that's Prince Charming. So mm-hmm. I never in my life thought of a man saving me. I never thought of having a wedding. Not that I I knew I was going to have a wedding, but I never even thought of thinking about my dress and how it was going to look like. I was mm-hmm. always thinking about, okay, how am I going to be in a marriage? How am I going to raise kids? What is my going to, what's my career going to be? How am I going to create a business that's going to impact the world? How can I be more mindful about my own actions? Not to say that thinking about a pretty dress is bad because girl, I have a whole Pinterest thing with my wedding right now. This is, I'm not, I'm not saying that. My my wedding's to probably be black and rose gold. I know my exact outfit right now. This is not to, to get into anyone else. It's just that as a kid, my mindset was completely different. And so, and she did that on purpose because Mm -hmm. she knew that I was not an environment because I also grew up in Saudi Arabia. I was not an environment that was really, really great for black women. Mm -hmm. And she wanted to instill in me a concept of understanding of who I am and my own power. So she believed that there are just certain shows that if I watched it, I I would think I was ugly because I already knew it. I already felt like I was ugly as a kid. So Mm -hmm. she knew that having those shows in my head constantly is going to make me feel like I was more ugly than I thought Mm -hmm. I was. It was going to destroy my self-confidence. It was going to destroy who I was as a person. So she opted no TV and no movies unless... It was like American cheese. I don't even know if anyone remembers that or Land Before Time or those type of things. Mm -hmm. Every once in a while, I could watch that. But I was watching history movies. I knew about black history. I knew about the, the first female who did that. So one exception between black people is she would put, females of any ethnicity inside of my library so that I can have that mindset. So I understand mm-hmm. parents that go no screen time. I understand parents that go no social media until 18, not even 16, 18, because the recommended age for many platforms is actually 16. Even though the minimum is 13, TikTok is it's better for you to get on when you're 16 because you're a little bit more developed than a 13-year-old. And so mm-hmm. there, I understand people's this frustration of, I don't w- want tech- t- t- excuse me, technology inside of my household totally fine. And I'm giving you everyone my background so they can understand mm-hmm. that while I'm pro gaming in terms of, I love games. I think games are absolutely amazing for your kids. I'm also pro. I don't want games in my house until they're 18. Whatever you want to do, do you.
0: Hmm. So intentional. Your mother raised she's... you with so much intention. <laughs> yes. Yes. She was very, very, she's so amazing.
1: Like yes. I, I love her to the moon and back, she, it was the foundation of everything. So even though my background is in cybersecurity, I believe that my upbringing gave me a lot more than any corporate corporation mm-hmm. or any mm-hmm. class that I took in college or any certification ever did.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. That could be, Hey, I want to interview your mom. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> And and B, I'd I'd love to like do a part two because I'm just I'm loving hearing your background. And then um, you know, and credit to your upbringing, you are making a difference in the world. You really are, which which leads into what I want to talk about next and is your membership because we're just what you're providing is really just like the tip of the iceberg kind of information. And and right there. So valuable, like I you've given so much value to to this podcast, you have a whole membership for this. So can you talk about it like talk about what you offer to the parents.
1: So my membership is safekidsmovement.com. It's something where I teach about online safety, but it's really about strengthening relationships with between you and your kid, understanding their point of view. Like I mentioned in the beginning, it's holistic online safety. So giving the kids the freedom that they want because they they are they're begging for it, they're dying for it. So give it to them and- Give them the safety and security that they need, because ultimately that's all you want. So I break down security and safety into simple, easy to digest, easy to remember, easy to implement steps. Sometimes there, certain things aren't easy, like when you're working with your Internet and router and computer. But I give you the very, very simple steps. A lot of things, honestly, everything's customizable. So if you as a parent say, "Frida, ah, I want this inside of membership then, and I don't have it, then I will develop it for you. I'll just make it for you because that's what you need. There's a text message service. You go back and forth with me with any questions that you have. You also, it's also password protected. Any, after every video, after every post, you can add a comment, you can ask me questions. So it's really into online gaming safety, social media safety, the general internet safety, and device safety. And then there's just millions of things under those things. So it's highly searchable. If you need something around Roblox or Minecraft or Instagram or whatever you need, it's, it's inside of there.
0: Mm, that's so much information. And um, I will provide the link to, yes. to sign up for it. But what is your website? So if you go to
1: safekidsmovement.com, you will be able to, that's the exact direct website to look at it, look at the testimonials, look at what's in it, all of those things.
0: Okay. Oh, I love this. You are amazing. You Thank, are you, just amazing. Thank you, Giselle. Thank you. You're my people. Like yes. This is, yes. Like what, how your mom raised you is how I'm raising my kids. How, how your mom puts so much intention is part of the kind of parenting, how you do your membership is, is in so much alignment too. And and so I just keep thinking people like you, the work that I'm doing, all the others doing similar work, the the kind of generation that we have coming forward, you know, with this kind of guidance and mentoring, like I'm excited for that. So yeah, thank you for your contribution to the world. Like you're doing such good work. Thank you.
1: Thank you, I so appreciate you, Giselle. Like this conversation is amazing. I love when I can leave a conversation feeling like light and free, and not heavy. And and then
0: what did I yes. do? Yeah. You know?
1: <laughs> so this this was so beautiful. I appreciate your kind words. Just having me here means so much to me.
0: Thank you.